This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so very excited today to have uh, my next guest, guest Heather Vickery which is a, an award-winning business owner and global leader with over 20 years as an entrepreneur. Uh, she leverages her entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals toward greater personal and professional fulfillment. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have uh, Heather on this call, on this podcast, is because we had one of the most interesting conversations that I've had in a long time. She's also a podcaster, um, but she was, her story was so amazing. Uh, we're both from the Midwest, and I'm really excited to have this call. I mean, we've both been an entrepreneur for a long time, but uh, I just found your, your journey so fascinating. So Heather, first of all, welcome. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, first of all, tell me where you're calling from. I am calling from Chicago, technically a little village just outside of the city, but we're still on the L line. So if you know Chicago at all, yes, you know yes. it technically counts as city if you can get there on the L. <laughs> yes, you, that's exactly right. If you can get there on the L. Are you in like North Chicago or something? I'm not actually. I'm in Forest Park, which is the very last stop on the blue line. Yes, I know this. <laughs> I know this. It's funny because I lived in Chicago for four years. I was a flight attendant. I went to college there. And I love Chicago, one of my favorite cities in the world, uh, except in the winter. <laughs> I know, right? Well, and we all live here for the summer, and everything's closed this summer, so that's a little brutal. It's a little brutal, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a, a quote that you said, when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, have bigger successes, and it's contagious. I really love that. Thank what you. really, what, what are you saying here? What is that? What yeah. does that mean to you? So if you're going to dissect that comment, that quote of mine, the, the most important part is where it says on purpose. On if purpose, you choose yeah. bravely on purpose, you choose bigger, you win bigger and it's contagious. So what I mean by on purpose is knowing what you're doing, why you're doing it and being very intentional about your choices. Um, in so many cases, we become rote with our life. We just follow the pattern. We follow the routine. We follow our, our instincts. And, I, and I'm a big instinct supporter, but we're not really paying attention to what we're doing. We don't know right. why we get up at the time we do. We don't know why our mornings look the way they do. We often avoid a schedule, you know, all of these things. Um, and when you can be very intentional about all of the different elements of your life and you know why you're making those choices, all of a sudden you start to have a little more courage. You start to feel a little more invested and you then on purpose make bigger choices. And when you make bigger choices, you have bigger wins and payoffs. And when other people watch you do that, it's contagious and they're inspired to do the same. Yeah. I've noticed that same thing. You know, it's, it's really, and I, I, I don't often use contagious. I often use, um, it's attractive, yeah. right? You attract people to you sure. or, or that kind of thing. You inspire them, but I love that contagious. Yeah. Because it inspires them. It takes the next thing. It inspires them to do something also. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. I love the idea of attract and inspire. Um, and there is a lot of that at play, but it is legitimately contagious. Just like when people start giggling around you and you start mm -hmm. giggling, you don't know why you're giggling, but their laugh is contagious or, um, what do they say? Hiccups are contagious. Like it's silly. Yeah. Contagious sounds like a bad word right now because we're living in a pandemic, right. but outside <laughs> of a pandemic, it's not a bad word right. to, you know, it's engaging and it's wonderful and it's action oriented versus yeah. I'm inspired and I'm motivated. What I challenge everyone to do is take inspiration and motivation, put intentionality behind it and then be an action for it. Don't just be inspired, do something inspiring. Right. Well, I, I love this because, you know, you're talking about bravery a lot. Yes, the I am. That's my jam. Right. And I, I yeah. saw this, you know, bravery because right now, you know, people, there's a lot of fear out here. People are stuck, you know, they're yeah. stuck right. in what's going to be next. Mm -hmm. Right. What's next? What's going to happen? Yeah. And you're talking about the brave files. I think that's what the name of your your podcast is, right? That's my podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what got you to that? What, what got you to that bravery and knowing that that's, <laughs> that's the thing? Yeah. Uh, it's a very big question, my friend. Mm -hmm. and, and bravery is the core of all of the things that I do in my life. So yes, my podcast is the brave files. Um, my Facebook community is called brave on purpose. My, um, membership program is called intentionally brave entrepreneurs, right? This is, I have a patented method called the brave method. Uh, and I've come to that because I used to live in a time and space, um, which feels like a lifetime ago, but in the grand scheme of things, wasn't quite that long ago mm -hmm. where every decision I made was fear-based. Now I'd been an entrepreneur for a really long time. I built from scratch a really successful luxury event and wedding planning business here in yeah. Chicago. And it was thriving and doing very well. Um, while it was thriving, I was shrinking, mostly due to the fact that I wasn't my authentic self in my life. After years of sitting with it, um, I realized that I was married to the wrong gender. Mm -hmm. And we don't get married to get divorced. So I tried really hard to make that work. Um, we, were, we tried for years, literally, uh, to stay married. And in the end doing something that is so unauthentically you is unbelievably damaging both to yourself and to everyone around you. Yeah. And when it really occurred to me was when I started to live a completely fear-based life, every decision I made was which thing will be less scary, which thing will cause less collateral damage. Let me do that thing. Let me yeah. do the thing that's, that's not as risky and then, and I, I have four daughters and they were all pretty little at this time. This was, you know, many years ago. And one morning around the breakfast table, I looked at all of their little faces and I thought, what would I say to them? They came to me as a parent. I don't, I don't know if, if you're a parent or not, mm -hmm. but we, we often wonder like, huh, if they came to me with this problem, what would I do? Yeah. And I instantly I realized that I, I wouldn't tell them to suck it up. I wouldn't say you made your bed and I'll sleep in it. I, I wouldn't say live this small life, just, you know, follow the path. I would say break free of your chains, go and, you know, be your most authentic, loving self. The world needs you to do that. It, you deserve it. And everyone around you will respond to it. And something about that thought 
released me from my fear. It was like this light switch just went off where I thought, oh no, can I curse on your show? Damn. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Because I was like, oh, oh, fuck. (laughs) If if I want that for them, I have to do that for me. Yeah. They have to see me do it. That's right. Or they won't believe it. And and all of a sudden, I went from fear-based to literally limitless possibility. In that moment, I thought, well, if my why is to show my small people, who I have all girls, that they can do anything if they are willing to be uncomfortable and choose bravely, then I have to do that for them. Uh, And so that became the core root of everything that I did. And it's of course progressed and grown and changed over the course of the last five, seven years. Uh, But that's how I got there. And I never lose that because it's very easy to go back to scarcity mindset and fear-based. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Um, and I find, especially when the onset of the, of the pandemic and shelter in place, I had to pull out all of my tips and tricks, everything I coach people on, everything I use with my folks to not fall down the rabbit hole. And, and that includes things like it's okay to not know all the answers. Yes. Right. It's it's okay to, to be uninformed. It's okay to be a little scared. It's okay to slow. It's okay to stop for a minute right? As long as we don't stay in any one mode all the time, yeah, it's all okay. So yeah, that's how. <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's what I got when I was talking to your, con- having the conversation with you before, you know, having the, ha- thinking about what you would tell your child, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, and as I was thinking about that, I thought I would probably say the, the same thing mm-hmm. to my child. Yeah. I hope you so. Know? I think, but it's so easy to, you know, old school, do as I say, not as I do. It's so easy right. to want that for others, particularly right. our children. Um, but it's much more difficult. And I'm not, I don't get any awards for this, but right. it's much more difficult to do it for yourself, the person that you want to model for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as women, how often do we want our daughters to think their bodies are, or our, our children in general, whatever their gender, to think that their bodies are perfect and that they're clever and smart and worth it and enough. And yet we disparage ourselves regularly in front of them and we treat ourselves poorly and we don't give ourselves credit. And, you know, we really have to to check that if we want to create a cultural shift in how little humans are raised. Yeah, it's very true. I also like uh, this conversation around bravery because, uh, you, you spoke about it a lot. We talk about fear a lot uh, mm-hmm. because bravery um, doesn't, doesn't happen without fear. Like it's yes. not happened with, like fear left the room and now bravery came in. No, fear is actually still in the room. Absolutely. The they're partners. Point. Yes, they're partners. And I always like to say that fear either owns you or empowers you and the choice yeah. is yours. Mm-hmm. But the gift of fear is that when you lean into it, when you leverage it, it allows you the opportunity to choose bravery. And there are real 
side effects, that sounds bad too, of choosing bravely, scientific side effects. Like they're, it literally rewires your neurons and you change the way you look at things and think about things. And it's impactful and and empowering. And I get really frustrated when I hear people say, oh, I want to be fearless or, oh, I'm fearless. And I totally call bullshit on it because the only people who are fearless are sociopaths and three-year-olds. Yes. Yes. That's right. You you want to know what you're doing. And sometimes fear is life-saving. It keeps you from walking out in front of a car. It keeps you, you know, from jumping in a pool if you don't know how to swim, you know, all of those things. Um, But often we're so conditioned to shut down when something scares us. Yes. Uh, It takes some work to learn to dissect that fear and then use it because it's more often than not, pushing you somewhere wonderful if you will allow that uncomfortableness in. Yeah. Well, this is good. Let's, cause I want to dig into fear, honestly, All right. Uh, because Let's this is a good, this is a good spot because a lot of people they're hearing brave, they're hearing, you know, you know, be fearless, push past your fear, but let's dig into fear because this is the thing that people are, they fear the most, you know, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. fearing, they're, they, they hold themselves the most because they feel this thing and they call it intuition sometimes. They yeah. call, uh, fact, I just had the same thing today. I was talking to this girl, oh, my intuition told, that's not your intuition. That's fear that's holding you back. Yeah, and that's an interesting, so it's funny because I also, in the course of the last maybe three years, so it's fairly new, uh, I've always been intuitive. Mm-hmm. I've always trusted my intuition, uh, but I have learned, and I and I don't know if everybody has this ability or not. I kind of think they do if they really work at it, but I, I don't know because this is not my expertise. I feel my intuition in different parts of my body, and if the intuition presents itself in my solar plexus, which is kind of in the belly area, that's a go sign. Yeah. If the intuition presents itself on the back of my neck, that's a stop sign. Yeah. And so I really, once I got really comfortable with getting uncomfortable and making brave choices and, you know, taking fear by the arm and going, we're going to do this anyway. Um, but, but well-intentioned, there's a, there's a really big difference in, I'm just going to do this terrifying thing without any parameters or boundaries or right without a band. I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, um, you know, really being thoughtful and intentional about it. Once I was able to make that shift, then I started to notice my body was legitimately telling me when something was good and when something was bad. So I'm all for intuition, but if you use that as a crutch to never do anything scary, then you got a problem. That's right. And I think that's where it gets like, because I think all women are very intuitive. Mm, But And if you really are self-aware, you can build build that up and really know when to pay attention. But we also... Uh, a lot of people, just not just women, are very fear-based as well. So <laughs> you got to know the difference. Yeah. This is why. So my BRAVE method, which I told you about a minute ago, I actually yeah. teach it. Um, I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, mm-hmm. but um, I teach it a couple times a year in my BRAVE on Purpose collective, which is a free group on, on Facebook, mm-hmm. where I break down the BRAVE method. And BRAVE stands for Boundaries, Reassessment, Reframing, Resilience, Action, Accountability, Vulnerability, and Empowerment. You follow the first four, you end up empowered. Um, and, oh, reassessment. I was like, and I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> and, and so this is why that reflection piece, the R in the BRAVE method is so, so, so important. Um, 
stopping, thinking about what's happening, being, um, we're, we don't like to stop and reflect because we're afraid of what we're going to see. That's right. But without that knowledge, you cannot grow. You literally you cannot, cannot grow. Mm-hmm. So look at it and be in, this is where I say reframing. I don't ever say, how did I fail? How did I screw up? What went wrong? I say, okay, what were my lessons here? Mm-hmm. What, what am I going to do differently? What do I now know that I didn't know before? Because there is, and, and it sounds tried and we hear from everyone, there really is no failure except for not trying. Right. Or if you do something and you never go back and use your lessons to do something different. That's right. So that, that R in the brave method is crucial if you actually want to lead a successful life. And when I say successful life, I am not just talking about business. I am talking about life. all of the things that make your life. Yeah. Okay. So assessment is, okay. So is the A, right? What reassessment. Is the, it's reassessment. Okay. Yeah. And then what was the very first one? B. So B is boundaries, which are probably my favorite topic other than my kids to talk about in the yeah. whole wide world. Figure out your boundaries. Okay. And then, and then the R is reassessment, reframing, Uh and resilience. And so I'm certified in positive psychology. And one of the key components in success is being able to be resilient. And resilience is not something you're born with. You can be born with it, but it's also super teachable. Yeah. Uh, What do you do when things don't go your way? How do you get up? Do you look at problems as never ending or as just a right now, I'll figure out a change, right? So creating a different mindset and a thought pattern allows resilience. Um, and resilience is, is absolutely key to all of this working. Right. And then the A is action and accountability. Action and accountability. Yeah. You got to do, that's the intentional component. Yeah. You have to take it. Don't just be inspired, be inspirational, do something with it. Yeah. Uh, and vulnerability. And this is a huge, a huge component of it. I'm sure that you're a big Brene Brown fan, or at least that you've heard of her. Of course. She's badass. Um, And, you know, one of the things that she says, I've been following Brene for a really long time, is that you cannot be vulnerable without boundaries. I mean, you can, but that's deadly. Don't do that. That's right. Right, right. So you can be vulnerable and you can put yourself out there. And what I love about vulnerability is people know yeah. And they feel a shift in you mm-hmm. and they are, as you said, they're attracted to that. And when they're attracted to it, they slow down and they pay more attention and they listen. This is how you build an audience. This is how you're able to actually serve people and help people and connect to build mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Um, and while it might be terrifying, it is so much more satisfying to be vulnerable yeah. and authentic in your life. Yes. And then empowerment. And you know, much like I call bullshit on the word fearless, yeah. I call bullshit on any person who will tell you that they empower you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because nobody empowers you but you. Empowerment you is self-owned. Yes, you and I, Tam, we can, we can mentor, we can lead, we can train, we can guide, we can inspire, but we don't empower them. Mm-hmm. Folks empower themselves. And right. if you implement all of the methods that I talk about in the brave method, all all of those systems, you are empowered. And when you are empowered, you feel in control of your life. You feel stronger and healthier and more willing to try things and take risks and love people and love yourself and all of those things. And it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. Well, here, here's another, here's a thing around fear. Another thing, because I think a lot of people are feeling uh, the fear of failure, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. also going to say they're feeling the, the fear of success. 
right? Absolutely. Both of them are going to have oh, yeah. to have uh, some kind of bravery. But let's say I'm feeling like I don't, I don't want to fail. I don't yeah. want to fail. And that's what's holding me back. How do you deal so, with it? Yep. I have a three process, three part process for that when people say, oh, uh, for anything, any block that you have that stops you from moving forward, but fear of failure is huge. I don't want to fail. Yeah. Uh, first, I would have them identify what would failing actually be? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. What would that look like? What would that be? Yes. What would that look like? Yeah. And they may say something like, um, well, nobody will buy it. Nobody will listen. So they, they won't like me anymore. They right. don't think I know what I'm doing, whatever. So then we take all of those things, whatever they come up with, and dissect them. And I'll say, okay, so let's just, for example, let's just say starting a podcast. I, I also own a company called Podcast Power Academy, and I mm -hmm. help folks go from concept to podcast in four weeks. Mm -hmm. So let's say they come to me and they say, um, well, nobody's going to listen. Right. Okay. Well, so what happens if you do the podcast anyway with really good intention and you're really thoughtful about how you create it, what's the worst thing that could happen if nobody listens? Right. Right. And I'll be like, uh, that would feel bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the best thing that could happen if you do this podcast? Well, lots of people could listen, or maybe I'll just change one person's life, or maybe I'll be really proud of what I've created. Okay. Now, what scenario is likely to happen? So we've got what's the worst thing that could happen? We've got what's the best thing that could happen? Right. What do you actually think, if you're being honest, is going to happen? Right. Well, some people will like it and some won't, and I'll have some listeners and it might take a while. And okay, yeah. So is it worth it? Right. Yeah, I think it is. Right. So it's knowledge. Knowledge is power. So the concept of, well, I'm afraid of failing, if you break anything down into baby steps and you really reflect on it and you look at it and then you reframe it again all of this stuff goes back mm -hmm. to my brave method which really does work folks um then you go oh okay so this thing i'm scared of isn't really a thing most of the time right and i'll tell folks when you when you ask yourself what's the worst thing that could happen if the worst thing that could happen is like somebody dies or right you know you could lose your job or whatever then by all means do not do it but Usually, it's That's not right. the case. And the funny thing is your body sometimes will respond uh, in the same way as death or as feeling bad. Like, it, you know, you might feel like your body is telling you, don't do it. And if you don't ask yourself the questions, that feeling feels like you will die. Yeah, but actually, it no, it, it's not. That, that's not even the, mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And the other thing that's really fascinating is from a neurological standpoint, yeah. fear and excitement are the exact same thing inside our, inside of our bodies. The only good. difference is the mental shift that we attach to it. We decide mentally if it's scary or if it's not scary. So a really good example of that is I do a lot of public speaking. Yeah. And I know a ton of people who are afraid of public speaking and I've coached a lot of people to help them get outside of themselves and, and trust that, which is hard. I understand for a lot of folks. Um, but you, you do think, I'm going to die if I go up on that stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really do think that. Yes. Um, but of course, we, talk, we, we prove that you're not going to die. You may bomb big time. Yes. And still, when you walk off that stage, you will be able to say, holy shit, I sucked. But you know what I did? I got on that stage I got on that and stage I spoke to those and people. I won. Yeah. 
And you won because you, I actually had chills just saying that because yeah. you will never be the same as you were before. Yeah. And if you decide you never want to do it again, that's fine. But if you decide you do want to do it again, now you've got something to work off yeah. of. You know, what's funny, what I always do, because I speak a lot too, and uh, I'm always looking at um, stand-up comedians is like my favorite uh, group to watch because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't naturally have that level of talent, but uh, I love to watch it because to me, that's like the hardest thing to do, like to write your mm-hmm. own stuff and get in front of people. Well, Dave Chappelle says, somebody asked him, what would happen if you bomb? Like there's 10,000 people in front of the room and you absolutely bomb. And know what he said? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And every <laughs> time I think about stuff, I always think about that thing yeah. he said. Every time I think mm-hmm. about I'm scared about something. And I say, and I goes, that would be horrifyingly scary. Hundred, ten, ten, even 10,000, even 100 people. And you bomb, like literally everybody's mm-hmm. looking at you like, what the F are you talking about? You're making no sense, <laughs> right? And yeah. he said, yeah, nothing happens. I still get my nothing check happens. and I go home, right? Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I scared for? Nothing happens. But that's, that's in, in reassessment. That's in calling yourself on your bullshit enough to think about what, what could actually happen and what would the worst thing be? And then deciding if the worst thing is really, really, really that bad. And I've helped hundreds of people move through that debilitating fear of what could happen. Yeah. Just, just by breaking it down and making them talk through it and share it. And it is, I will admit, a challenging thing to do all by yourself. It's a very special person who can do all of this work without support. So get a buddy. You don't, I mean, hire a coach. I'm all for it. I have a coach. I think coaches should have coaches. Oh, yeah, I believe I'm too in coach. it. <laughs> too but coach. I know. I love my coaches. But it, you don't have to do that. Get a yeah. friend. Get a par- you know, Use your partner. Whatever but get somebody to help hold you accountable and call you on your bullshit because you will bullshit yourself as you go through this process. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let me just jump like more into like your story because you just, you know, fascinating. And I'm, I'm assuming that was probably one of the biggest challenges that you had to go through in your personal life. Yeah. So how did you work through that? Like you, you, you made the, you made the choice <laughs> to go. You're like, yeah, dude, I, I, you're good. You're fine. Thank you for the four kids, but I'm out. I mean, how do you do? Yeah, <laughs> no, it took years of extraditing myself from the whole situation. Yeah. Um, tiny intentional step by tiny intentional step. Yeah. What did I, you know, one of the questions that was most impactful to me is how do I want to feel yeah. at the end of every day? And who do I want to be in the world? And if we're super honest with ourselves about those two questions, they will inform the way we move. Yeah. Uh, I want still to care for myself and, sh- and show others that caring for yourself is valuable mm-hmm. while being kind and considerate, yep. but, not, but not being a doormat and not sacrificing myself for somebody else because that doesn't actually help anybody. Right. Um, at the end of the day, I want to go to bed and think today I did all the things that mattered most to me. And I want to be really clear 
that isn't always go, 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 go. It isn't always get up at six and work my ass off until I fall into bed. Some days it's getting up and going, I'm not in the right headspace for this Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to help anybody like this. So today I'm going to rearrange my schedule and I'm going to listen to some podcasts and I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to go to the gym or whatever I'm going to do. And I'm going to figure out why I feel this way and listen to myself and I'll do different changes. Right? So I became very intentional about my, my emotions. The other thing that I did that was tremendously impactful is that was the point in my life where I gravitated towards gratitude, which back then (laughs) I thought was like this crazy thing I created in my head. Like, let me just really think about what's working instead of what's not working because I knew I had to shift my mindset. Our perception creates our reality. Uh, And I was like, am I making this up? Like, do other people do this? Is gratitude thing? Back then, gratitude's a big thing now, but it wasn't seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started researching it and I discovered positive psychology, which I now am certified in Uh, positive psychology. So psychology in general used to be the scientific practice of getting people from negative to zero. Mm -hmm. Let's just take people from bad to nothing. Mm -hmm. And then a, a scientist named Martin Seligman came on the scene about 21 years ago. And he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is the best we can do is nothing. Is that a zero? The best we can do. We've got to be able to get, better. We've got to be able to get happier. And thus positive psychology was born. And sure enough, you can get better. And the scientific practice for that, the number one thing that shifts it is gratitude, Mm. which is crazy Mm. because people think it's such a woo woo concept. Like, oh, I'm grateful for this. I have all these blessings. It is not woo woo. There's real science behind it. Something as simple as listing out three to five things you're grateful for and why, and the and why is really important, every day for three months, if they, if they do an MRI of your brain before you start and an MRI after three months, you can literally see your happiness change on your brain. Yeah. So I brought gratitude into my life. I brought gratitude into all of my clients' lives. And I have then, I've now written two books with, um, combined with journals yeah. so that folks can um, invite gratitude in their lives. And there are a lot of ways to do it. You don't have to be a journaler to do it, but what does need to happen is it needs to come out of your head and written or typed down. Not, it doesn't work if it's just spoken, you have to take it another step further. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's literally game changing because our minds cannot hold negative and positive thoughts at the same time. It's not neurologically possible. So it doesn't mean you're not going to think bad things or scary things or negative things, but you then have the power to chase them and get rid of them and replace them with what you're grateful for. Um, So I I take gratitude now to multi-level. I bring it in in a lot of ways. If I'm driving down the street and somebody cuts me off and I instantly think, damn it, that person sucks. I will, I will can instantly now go into Wow, I'm really glad we didn't get in an accident. I'm, I hope that person is okay. I'm glad I'm not in that big of a hurry. I'm glad my kids aren't in the car. Like whatever it is, I can yep. start reframing it, and then I don't go down an anxiety spiral. I can feel better. Yep. If I'm banging my head against the wall on a project, um, I can stop and take two or three deep breaths and look around me and list five things that I can see, touch, taste, smell, feel, or hear that I'm grateful for in this exact moment. And it'll ground me and it'll settle me, right? So there are multi-layers of it. Uh, but that 
has been a life changing practice for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I have loved this. I've loved your, your brave method and really digging into that, talking about gratitude and how you really use that as well. Tell us how we can find you. Yes. So I'm super easy to find. And in fact, my kids think I'm a celebrity because if you type in Heather Vickery on Google, my picture pops up. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't have the heart to tell them it's just really good SEO. But yep. um, <laughs> so my website is vickeryandco.com. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm at Vickery and Co. on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're at Vickery Co. on Pinterest. Heather Vickery on LinkedIn. I'm just so easy to find. Uh, and then I invite all of you, if if you like this idea, and you don't have to be an entrepreneur, you can be anybody in the world. If you like this idea of choosing a more brave life, of leveraging your fear, so basically running your fear instead of letting your fear run you, come and hang out with us in the Brave on Purpose group. Um, all you gotta do is search it on Facebook. And it's just this really happy community of people that lift each other up and support and everybody's mission is to be intentional about living a brave life which is so important so important to have that kind of group thank you so much heather and i look forward to getting to know you better and doing some more stuff with you in the future thank you yeah oh and one one last plug if i'm if i may yeah um go check out the brave files so the brave files is not a business podcast it is, uh, we tell personal stories, journeys of people who have chosen to step out of fear and into bravery in literally every walk of life. We have 125 episodes out. Every single story is different. There is something that is sure to give you goosebumps and inspire you and motivate you and connect with you. And I'm super proud of it. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.